Bill and Bob's Bracket Busting Bonanza. I'm here. I'm Bob. I'm here with Bill. Hey, Bob. Bill, we are still in Indianapolis, but we're in the South region this time. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the South. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Every region is the Indianapolis, but this time we're in the South. The number one in this region is Baylor. Uh, Let's get right to it. Baylor uh, facing Hartford. Uh, I was about to say Hartford is the worst team in the tournament, but they are not. We already went through that with Texas Southern. Yeah. um, I don't expect Baylor to have any problems whatsoever in this game. Baylor's been incredibly solid the entire year. Um, I don't really take much away from uh, one loss in in their uh, conference tournament. Um, I I think Baylor will be just fine in the uh, 116 game. And then in the 8-9, we had already mentioned this during the East East region preview. Uh, Two very, very tough major conference opponents uh, awaiting them. Uh, You have the 8-seed North Carolina and the 9-seed Wisconsin. Yeah, this will this will be a, a good game. A lot of people are predicting uh, that this is be the toughest uh, eight nine for one. I actually think it's the opposite. I think Baylor should be able to handle uh, North Carolina or Wisconsin. Wisconsin, I think, will give them more trouble than North Carolina will. Um, but I look at the, the, the my issue with people uh, getting too much behind Wisconsin is they made the tournament based upon their schedule and. Uh, it, the best in the country, as good as it gets as far as their schedule is concerned. But um, if you look at the way they played toward the end of the year, the wins really aren't there. Um, they've lost uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven out of their last 10 games. Um, and now, granted, those losses are all to ranked teams, but their wins are only against um, Penn State. Northwestern and Nebraska, three teams that didn't make the tournament, three teams that stink. Um, losses are all to very good ranked teams. They actually don't have um, enough for me to, to get behind them from a signature win perspective. If you look at their schedule this year, really their best win of the year, in spite of, uh, of all the um, backing they get, their, their best win of the year is really against Michigan State or maybe you could argue, argue Louisville, but Louisville didn't make the tournament. Um, they dominated Louisville and beat them by 30, but uh, their best win is really against Michigan State. Other than that, it's a lot of losses. So um, I'm actually going to take North Carolina in this game, and uh, North Carolina I think is a much better matchup for Baylor anyway, and so then I think Baylor will cruise to the Sweet 16. Um just to try and uh, make the case for Wisconsin, and I actually don't like them as much as uh, at all. Um, Wisconsin, according to Ken Palm, they're the tenth best team in the country right now. They are adjusted metrics has them thirty-two ranked adjusted offense, thirteenth defensively. Now we had spoken about. I had mentioned tempo uh, being a way where you know, and I had mentioned this actually probably in the West region. But how tempo could be the difference maker uh, in, in an upset. If you're a team that wants to slow the game down, less possessions, you can really grind down a game against a, a, against a better team. Uh, Wisconsin in the 300s of Division I basketball, um, one of the slowest-paced teams in the country. 
Uh, whereas Baylor, on the other hand, they are they're 179, which is not great. But if any if you watch Baylor play, their offense is incredibly, incredibly explosive. And with those three guards, they certainly want can get out and really, really push the ball. Um, so I agree with you. I'm not buying the Wisconsin hype. Um, the other website that I actually saw that was backing um, Wisconsin, at least as a nine seed, and 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 I guess even deserving of a higher seed, was um, I don't know if you've ever go on five thirty eight. Uh, I think it said Nate Silver oh, website. Oh yeah, I've heard of that guy before. So it, so it, so it's a, so it's a numbers website, and with college basketball, and actually they do it with the NFL too. Um, with the NCAA tournament, what they do is, um, you know, the probability of making the second second round, it's probability of making the Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, Final Four. Anyway, uh, Wisconsin. I liked him better when he just did his okay. uh, baseball stuff. But. Um, yeah, I mean, he's also entered the world of politics and stuff like that, too. Um, but Wisconsin, um, as a nine seed, is higher than uh, – this is with their with the uh, 538 power ranking. They are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. They're the 11th best team according to um, the 538 power rankings, which is incredibly high for a nine seed ranked higher than both Texas, West Virginia, and Arkansas. All three seeds ranked behind ahead of Florida State, ahead of Creighton, ahead of Purdue, ahead of Texas Tech, and UNC, also the highest power ranked eighth seed. Um, so really just both teams getting a ton of love on the uh, 538 webpage. But yeah, I don't, I, I'm not buying it. Wisconsin only actually four wins since the month of February, uh, since the turn of calendar into February. I think UNC is the weakest eight seed, by the way. And I still am picking them to win this game. But I just don't – I'm not a buyer of either of these two teams. I know that – I guess the numbers say what they say for Wisconsin from a Kempom perspective. But the wins certainly haven't shown up. The Their losses, granted, they have a bunch of losses that are four points, five points against really, really good teams. But at some point in time, they're still losses. You need to win one of those games to at least impress me. And they haven't won any of them. They don't have a single win against a team that's ranked in the top. Yeah, so actually, right just the what stands out for me um, with North Carolina is they do actually have a signature win in my mind. Yeah. Oh no, no, no I agree. That, I yeah, I, I'm buying North exactly Carolina. what you're selling with Wisconsin. They don't have uh, they don't have a significant win. Uh, they don't have the win. They don't really have wins down the stretch. Like I said, only four wins since since February first. Whereas North Carolina, on the other hand, and the end of February, February 27th, they had a win against, um, you know, Florida State. Uh, February 20th, they had a, they had a blowout victory over Louisville, uh, who would be one of the first teams in if somebody was to drop. So, yeah, I'm buying North Carolina. I'm, I'm not buying either one of these teams, although they have the name recognition. I'm not buying either one of them to get by Baylor. Um, I do think Baylor could get knocked off somewhere, but I don't think it's against either one of these team teams despite the names. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. And right below it in that pod, um, we have Villanova, um, Whisker Nation. They will oh, face my, my, my Thunder Kittens. They, Man, we got a, us Villanova guys, we got a bad draw this year, unfortunately. Yeah, Not th- loving it. They'll face uh, Winthrop. Uh, Winthrop is not Wofford for all those um, – people who are in the college basketball world and just get teams confused just because they have a W. Um, no, they said Villanova somehow ended up playing a 12 seed who should be, who should be like a four seed. 
<laughs> in the first round. I don't. I don't even know. It's like what, what, Winthrop is twenty three and one this year, and their one loss was a two point loss in the middle of the season. I mean, they, they are they are a legitimately very good basketball team. Um, wins against UNC Greensboro, uh, who who also made the tournament. Um, I, I just I look at the uh, their their twelve seed ranking and I'm like man. It's very unfortunate for Villanova. Plus, Villanova, unfortunately, down uh, uh, Colin Gillespie. Uh, that hurts them significantly. Although they do have, uh, I think, uh, Archie Diacono there. So um, yeah, his little brother. Yeah, nothing. Nothing changes. Sadly. Nothing changes for Jay Wright. Uh, the other one, and I had mentioned this on um, the conference championship pod, I believe. Uh, worth. I mean, the other side of this pod is. Is Purdue North Texas? Uh, Purdue just to me a very boring team. Um, I know that they do have, um, you know, they do have a stud player, but North Texas to me is a team that could get sneaky and could get out of this pod here. Uh, Villanova with the injuries, no depth. You said Winthrop. They are they're obviously a legitimate twenty three win team, although numerically Ken Palm doesn't back them up all that much, um, but. Yeah, uh, to me, North Texas could be the team that comes out of this pod. Or actually, yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I guess, yeah, we're calling it a pod out of this uh, four-team little pod there. Okay, yeah, I, I, I can, I can at least go with you during that argument. I think Purdue is good enough that they'll take care of business against um, North Texas. Purdue has some some quality wins this year. Um, they've got uh, two wins against Ohio State which, you know, they lost to them in a tight game um, in the Big Ten tournament. But they had two wins against Ohio State, a couple wins against Michigan State, um, lost to teams they should lose to, like lost to Michigan um, by, a, by a decent amount, like 15 points, lost to Iowa by 15 points. So I don't think this Purdue team is necessarily a great team. Um so I could see a North Texas team, North Texas upset here, but um, but I'll probably take Purdue in the first round. Now the second round is another question because if let's say Winthrop wins, I think Winthrop has an excellent chance to beat a, a team like Purdue. But if Villanova manages to survive Winthrop, um, I think Villanova could easily beat Purdue. Uh, Villanova, for all their flaws, they they can't you know cover anyone big inside and they have some serious issues there so they would have problem a lot of problems with um uh, i think uh, i'm trying to think of the if i can remember the guy's name um for purdue they're, oh, they're, uh, they're big man trevion uh trevion yes Williams. i believe it's i think it's so he's averaging about yep. 16 yep. 16 points and and uh nine rebounds a game so he would give villanova problems but if villanova is you know has a hot day behind the arc they can outshoot anybody so i i wouldn't be unbelievably surprised if villanova could beat a purdue team because i don't think this is a particularly strong purdue team i think it's probably i think purdue is probably the weakest of the four seeds in my mind i don't know how you feel about that even including virginia i think Purdue. no i agree purdue uh the weakest of the four seeds um they the case to be made for them is certainly their their strength down the stretch uh, since mid-February, wins over Mich- uh, Michigan State, Nebraska, Penn State, Wisconsin, who we just went over, wins over, uh, went over Indiana to end the regular season, then lost in the conference tournament in overtime against Ohio State. So they've they've played yeah. 
and Ohio State team that yes. they had already beaten and, twice. But strong finish there. They do also, um, I'm looking back, uh, early season. Um, yeah, they had that win against Ohio State, win against Notre Dame. Um, and then I'm looking at their losses. I mean, they did lose to Clemson. Um, yeah, they had an early loss to Clemson. So, yeah, it's it was it's really the early season play of Purdue that had turned me off to them. But they did have a fairly strong finish. But I, I, I am a believer in not counting Villanova out just yet. Um, I, th- I think – No, Jay Wright's a good enough coach that I think he can scrap together two wins in the tournament. I just – I honestly was, was getting ready to pick Villanova as sort of if they got like a six seed as somebody who could beat a three – and and um, and make some serious noise um, in the in the tournament and and get to the Sweet Sixteen. I was ready to pick them as sort of like a everybody's not, nobody's talking about Villanova, and then they get their first round matchup with Winthrop, and it just kind of threw me for a, a little bit of a loop because Winthrop I had when I was looking at it myself, I was like ah they'll ding Winthrop for for being a small conference team, even though they have wins against UNC Greensboro. So they'll probably go Winthrop at like a seven or, or an eight, even though I think they should be like a four or five. And then they give them a 12. It's like, oof, poor Villanova. Yeah, what we shouldn't rule out here with Villanova is, although Gillespie goes out in the early part of the Creighton game, they did beat Creighton by 12 with Gillespie only playing 13 minutes. Now, did they, they did come out and yeah. move against Providence. I will say this as a Big East fan. Providence, one of those schools, incredibly well coached by Ed Cooley, and he tends to have a great game plan typically against most schools on most nights. So Villanova loses yeah. that game by two points, uh, blows a le- big lead by Georgetown um, to lose by one. So they're not – the Gillespie injury for what it was, and they don't have depth. They don't have guard depth, which is why I was kind of saying with, oh, you'd kind of love Jer- to have Javon Quinterly back there. But they do – this is not a bad team, and we shouldn't just rule them out just because Gillespie is out. Um, no. They, Jeremiah no, no, Robinson, I agree with you. Jeremiah no, Robinson no. Earl yeah. is one of those guys. Although he's a forward, can certainly do a ton, uh, especially with Jermaine Samuels as well. They're a tough team inside, and you just think that it's just a lot of it's going to come down to Jay Wright coaching whether he can change how they play some of these teams. Yeah, Robinson Zarrell's had a couple of really, really big games this year where he's played incredibly well. I, I, he could be streaky. So yeah, they, if Novus comes out and they're shooting the ball well, they, they, they're capable of beating anyone. And Jay Wright's the, a good enough coach that I don't uh, I don't write them off. I just hated this uh, matchup that they got stuck with. I think they kind of got screwed with uh, with being a five-seed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think that just these four seeds in general is a tough spot for Villanova or Purdue as a four and a five, respectively. Bottom half of the South region, uh, 6-11 game. We have Texas Tech uh, against the 11 seed Utah State. Utah State, uh, probably one of the la- well, definitely one of the last teams in, but avoids the play-in game. And then we have the 3-14 game of Arkansas versus Colgate. Yeah, that'll be an up-and-down game. Both of those teams love to run and score. We'll talk about that in a second. Yep. But this Texas Tech-Utah uh, State game is has the makings of a, a real dandy. I, I love Texas Tech. I think Beard is a phenomenal coach. Um, I really liked them last year or in 2019, and they actually ended up doing quite well. They're, you know, uh, a play or two away from being the national champion. Um Utah State, though, is another team I look at as an 11, and I don't think – I think they're better than an 11. I don't really have a huge problem with them getting seeded where they were, but 
I don't think of them as an 11 seed. Um, if you look at uh, their early season schedule, they started the year off one and three. And since that point in time, they're 19 and five at, with uh, two wins against San Diego State, who is uh, is ranked in, in the tournament um, and and taking care of business against everyone else. Uh, a three-point loss to UNLV, uh, which they won the other game up and uh, lost to Colorado State, being the only uh, major blemishes. They uh, they lost a couple to Boise State as well, but Boise State collapsed at the end of the year and, and didn't make the tournament. Utah State kind of got Boise State's uh, bid yes. in my mind. Uh, the Mountain West, I think, is a better conference than people gave it credit for. Um, so I think that they're going to give Texas Tech a really, really good game. But I, in the end of the day, I'm going to go with Beard and the experience that Texas Tech has uh, and take Texas Tech to win this game. What a contrast in styles these two games are, uh, Texas Tech, Utah State, and Arkansas-Colgate. Uh, Chris Beard, Chris Beard uh, obviously an incredible defensive coach. Utah State, uh, the number that immediately jumps off the page at you uh adjusted ken palm defense eighth in the country um i was saying to you off air uh you asked me about utah state i said i didn't i didn't know if they'd be in the tournament but man texas tech really got the shaft there i'm riding with texas tech um to me they were a team i kind of saw like maybe you said with um villanova a team that might fly under the radar and uh upset some people um Texas Tech in particular, they have a closer now. Um, I felt like the national championship team, although they did have um, they did have those couple guys, and one of them is actually in the NBA, and I'm, the name is escaping me. I think he's on the map. Uh, uh, Jared, Jared, Jared Culver. Jared although they had him, uh, Texas Tech didn't really – I didn't feel like he was a closer. Max Mac McClung is a closer. Um, he wants. Yeah, I, I he, love McClung. Yeah, he he wants, he wants the ball, the ball and he makes plays in so many different ways. Whether it's a dagger three or just finding his way to the hole and and putting the ball um, in the basket in a variety of ways. So I really like this Texas Tech team as well. I think they get by Utah State. Um, I think Utah State's defensive abilities don't necessarily won't necessarily phase Texas Tech. I imagine Texas Tech in practice goes through um, so much uh, defensive. Uh, toughness going against their own teammates that Utah State um, might not phase them. Um, and then on the other side of this pod, you have Arkansas Colgate, which you hinted at. The pace of this game is going to be on the complete opposite end of things, just basically a track meet. Yeah, I don't care what it what the number is, bet the <laughs> over. Um, yeah, that, that, that it's going to be the Arkansas game is going to be great. Uh, it's fun to watch at least. Um, I think Arkansas will win though. I think uh, it's it's one it's a tough thing because the Patriot League only played the Patriot League. Yes, really. So uh, you don't have a lot of of uh, information to go on. So nobody really knows how good Colgate is. Um, one, I think they're, what are they, they're 14, 14 and, one, and one. Their lone loss. Now, this is another one of those con- these conferences that has just done week. They have solely done weekend games. They only they were strictly conference, strictly weekend games. Um, that yeah, like they did Saturday Sundays. So year. their their only loss was yeah. their second game of the season, which was January third against Army. They beat Army on opening night, one hundred one to fifty seven, and then came out the following night and lost seventy five seventy three. So just like a weird. Just a real weird conference in general, um, and yeah, but uh, 
But but yeah, I, I think Arkansas wins this game, and then and I, and I can't wait for a Texas Tech Arkansas matchup in the the second round because that could go any number of different directions. Um, I tend to to like Texas Tech um, to go actually quite far in the tournament. Um, I think they have the ability to beat Ohio State on the bottom end of the bracket and make it to the Elite Eight, um, and then you know. Who knows? There's so many. <clears throat> there's so many different games that have to be played before then. I think that probably you would get Baylor, but I'm going to take Texas Tech in the second round matchup to uh, yeah, Ar- Arkansas. Even though Arkansas finished the season strong, it's not really a knock on Arkansas as, as much as it is uh, me having some confidence in Texas Tech. Even if you look at the Big Twelve tournament, their loss to uh, Texas was uh, a one point game that came back to the yeah. Final I, Arkansas. Um... With Moses Moody, he had a huge first half against LSU. I think he was like 20 points, and then he got slowed down in the second half. Um, but they have a closer in their own right. So I, I'm with you. I don't I, – I'm, I'm having a tough time calling whether it would be Texas Tech, Arkansas. I think that's an amazing game. But I think whoever wins it um, potentially is, is in the Elite Eight against Baylor um, because – and we'll get into it in, in yeah. a second, but yeah, I, I think both of these two teams, to me, have that marquee player. And now that's not a slight on uh, in on Liddell at uh, Ohio State, but uh, I just like both of these squads, Arkansas and, and Texas Tech, and and Moody and and McClung are both two guys who, on the bottom half of this region, I think I'd put them against anybody talent wise. Yeah, uh, this this um, particular region region might be my uh, single favorite region to watch because there's there's so many great first round games here and second round games that are possible. Yeah, and and the next one up, uh, the seven ten, Florida against Virginia Tech. These these are two teams. Probably that... my least favorite game <laughs> in this entire region. But for what it's worth, these are two teams that have been. Like kind of on in the top twenty-five, you know, more from twenty to twenty-five, but they've been there throughout the season, in and out. So they're two teams that, you know, it it could wouldn't surprise you if you if they go out in the second round and beat Ohio State. No, no, it wouldn't. That's a that's a uh, a good point. I'll pick Ohio State to beat them, but I wouldn't be surprised if you know they won two games. I, although I I will say this, I don't think. Um, I think they're either one of those two teams. Whoever wins that game, Florida, Virginia Tech, is capable of pulling one upset and beating Ohio State. I don't see them getting further than that. Um, I don't think that they have enough to make a deep run. Um, I've, I've watched Virginia Tech play a couple times this year, and I was I was higher on them beginning of the season, and I've really just uh, they they've kind of uh, gone down on my uh, list since the beginning of the year. Um, Florida, I've watched play a few times. The the you know. They don't. They, they are the type of team that oftentimes plays to their competition. So I could see them playing well against an Ohio State, but I mean they barely got by Vanderbilt in the SEC tournament. It stinks. So I, you know, I could easily see Florida State losing in the first round. Yeah, Florida. I, I'm actually surprised. Or Florida, sorry, not but Florida, Florida, Florida in general. Just to I, I, I just they're a team that actually surprised me that they actually made it into the tournament after. Um, Keontae Johnson went down early in the season where he just kind of like whatever it was, he fainted on the court. Um, 
and there was uh, they didn't know if it was going to be COVID or whatever it was at the time. But I, I'm yeah, I don't think COVID does that. To <laughs> but I'm surprised points. that he that they Florida made it all the way back to the tournament um, after um, him going out because obviously a, a SEC caliber uh, player of the year ca- candidate. Um, yeah, this game. It'll be interesting to see how strong the SEC was. I, I'm I'm a little bit of a doubter on the on how good the SEC is. Um, after you get past Arkansas and uh, and Alabama, I, I really don't the you know beyond them. I think teams like Missouri, Florida, um, even Tennessee to a degree. I'll put Tennessee a little bit above those guys, but I, I just I'm not I'm not seeing. Uh, the strength there that maybe some other people are seeing. So we'll see. I'm not, I'm not buying any of them besides I, besides Alabama and Arkansas. Those to me are the only two real legit teams out of the sec. Uh, even Tennessee, who I know is a five seed. Um, I, I just think that I've said it before this, te- the Tennessee team doesn't have a guy to me who I'm like, Oh, all right, well, that's the guy I trust to make some shots at the end of the game as shown in the tournament. Um, you know, when they went down, um, when they when they went down in the in the SEC tournament, they just I, to me they just they had their opportunity and blew it. Yeah, they, they couldn't, couldn't close. close. They they had they, that game they, won against they Alabama. Couldn't close. Uh, Ohio State uh, against Oral Roberts. Um, I think you'll probably agree with me. Ohio State goes past Oral Roberts. Uh, Ohio State, one of the best offensive teams in the country. Uh, EJ Liddell, like I said, uh, no slouch in his own right, um, but. There's something about this Ohio State to, State team to me that I'm like, mm, well, they have nine losses as a two seed, and that's and this is, yeah, I mean they have nine losses. Yeah. They have a lot of good wins. That, that to credit where credits due, they do have a lot of good wins, and they've beaten um, everybody. Uh, how many of the one seeds are there that they've beaten? Like two or three, two of the one seeds that they've beaten, Illinois and and Michigan. They beat. They have wins against both of them. Yes. Yeah, uh, and I mean they played great in that conference tournament. I wonder how much that conference tournament takes out of Ohio yeah. State. Yeah, and and you also have um, to remember, yeah, they they had to work really hard to get to where they got in the conference tournament, win or lose. I mean, it's it, they had to work really really hard to get there. So I, you know, I don't know if they're if they're primed for a letdown against a Florida, or um, or if they take the the you know their their foot off the pedal against the Texas Tech team. Uh, Texas Tech could just shut. Them yeah, down and you entirely. have to remember the Ohio State team. They lost four games in a row. Now, granted, I think we've said this in the past. They had four losses down the stretch of the regular season. They ended the season, of the regular season rather, four losses against Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, Illinois, um, only to then go on a run in the in the Big Ten tournament. How much did they exert just to get you know seating wise to get to the Big Ten? Yeah, I mean, there's two there's two schools of thought there. One is one is they're they're oh yeah for sure you know, battle tested and and ready to go and they're going to be ready against any team and another one and the other one is obviously you know it's it's not particularly easy to uh, go on a run like that continue it's just it always crazy or this year I think is crazy in particular because you look at Ohio State and a lot of those mid major teams are just missing so they go into the round of thirty if they get into the round of thirty two they now face two major conference teams in the SEC opponent in Florida or an ACC team in Virginia Tech and then after that you potentially see um, an SEC team in Arkansas or potentially a um, 
a Big 12 team in Texas Tech. There's just all these major conferences teams, and you just don't see those mid-majors getting those high seeds this year, or sorry, the lower number seeds this year, because like I said, on, I don't know if it's this pod or one of the other ones, they just there wasn't non-conference play to really prop any of these schools up. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. So these major conference teams are going to just wind up cannibalizing these other major conference teams, which in theory, I mean, we're, we should get a ton of matchups, but it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise you if a team like Florida or Virginia Tech goes by Ohio State um, just because it's like they've they've played games. Florida and Virginia Tech have played games against, you know, against in the ACC and SEC. No, even though they're not on the level of the Big Ten and Big 12 this year, they're they're still major. Con- they're in the top and this five. This is not a knock on the committee because I actually had no problem with the 68 teams they chose. I don't think any I don't think any team has a great argument that they should have been in or should not have been in. Um, but it's very difficult to seed teams this year because of that exact reason. Because, the, you know, a lot of these conferences have only played against each other or they just don't have enough games against other conferences where you can really get a, a, a context as to what their what their wins mean. Um, and I yep. think you see that with more of the, the mid-majors and some of the, the smaller conferences where it's like maybe a Winthrop or, or – um, a Loyola or a, you know, a BYU are far better than the seeds that they actually have. And in a regular year where they would have played more games and they would have, and other teams would have played more games, big conference teams would have played more games. You wouldn't see these 15 and 12 teams or these nine loss teams as two seeds because it's just very rarely happens. Um, so I, it'll be, it'll be an interesting thing to notice as, as the tournament progresses. Yeah, I, I mean, just to see the Big Ten get two teams on the one line and then two more on the two line, it's just almost like war of attrition that the Big Ten, oh, while it was far and away the best conference this year, um, it, it's just it's impressive that their teams played as many games as they did and in and of itself because they're playing good teams every night in conference. Um, they were able to get on the two line with nine losses and eight losses respectively from Ohio State and then uh, Ohio State with nine and then Iowa got in with uh, got on the two line with eight losses. That to me is it's impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is still. I mean, Baylor to me still. It's to me it's still Gonzaga, Baylor, and everybody else. I think this is Baylor's. Um, region to lose for sure and rightfully so is the one seed but that bottom half could sneak up on them um, with Texas Tech Arkansas yeah obviously the, the bottom half is so interesting to me because I think if if Texas Tech beats Utah State I would um, my pick is Texas Tech to make it to the Elite Eight and then a Texas Tech Baylor game would be a great great game um, we've already seen them play a bunch of times this year like Texas Tech is hung with Baylor for extended periods of time. Um, I like I, I like Texas Tech to get out of the bottom of this region, and I think Mac McClung is a big reason why. So, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pick somebody out of the bottom part of the uh, of the South region, it's gonna be Texas Tech, Baylor in the uh, top part, and then yeah, I, and that's know, I think I probably have to go chalk with Baylor. It's not even mentioning Villanova or Purdue, who I don't think it would surprise people if you saw either one of these teams in the Big Eight, uh, in the Elite Eight, either. Uh, certainly, two teams that are are good teams in their own right. It would surprise me if Villanova could beat Baylor. Oh, for sure. But again, it's a tempo thing. If you slow the game down and yeah. Baylor starts missing shots, which is saying a lot because those guys make a ton of shots. But if if it's a tempo thing, the Villanova's problem is they're not a good defense. They're not this year. 
Most years, I would agree with you. I just I don't see Villanova being able to beat Baylor this year because Villanova's defense is just not on par with where it normally is. I could see them making the Sweet 16. I don't see them but, beating Baylor. They would have to rely on North Carolina or Wisconsin upsetting Baylor, which is, I suppose is a possibility, but um, I, I think Baylor is going to coast. Con- contrast in styles at this point in the season, though, because you have a guard-heavy team in Baylor, and now Villanova without Gillespie become more of a, a team where you want to see the ball down low in their big guys' hands. But, yeah, yeah. again, South and East, the South, very similar to the East region, just a lot of good teams and a lot of good matchups here. Uh, Bill, we'll be back next time with the uh, Midwest region. Sounds good, Bob. See you in the Midwest.